0: Welcome to the Reading the Bible Daily with Dave podcast. This podcast is devoted to helping increase your daily exposure to God's Word with a short scripture reading and brief commentary on key ideas, themes, and theology in each chapter. Now please join your host, Dave Jenkins, for today's episode. Welcome back to the Reading the Bible Daily with Dave podcast. My name is Dave and I'm the host for this show. And today is January 8th, and today we're going to look at Genesis 8. As a reminder, the format for this show is every day I read one chapter each day, and then I offer a brief explanation of key ideas, themes, and theology briefly. And my goal is to get you into God's Word for about 5 to 20 minutes every single day. So let's get started with our reading from Genesis 8 today. Here's Genesis 8. It says, But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth, and the waters subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows of the heavens were closed. The rain from the heavens was restrained, and the waters receded from the earth continually. At the end of 150 days, the waters had abated. And in the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Arat, and the waters continued to abate until the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains were seen. And at the end of the forty days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made, and sent forth a raven. It went to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. And then he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground. But the dove found no place to set her foot. And she returned to him to the ark, for the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. And so he put out his hand and took her and brought her into the ark with him. And he waited another seven days. And again, he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening, and behold, in her mouth was a freshly plucked olive leaf. And so Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. And then he waited another seven days, and sent forth the dove, and she did not return to him any more. In the six hundred and first year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried off from the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark, and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry." In the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth had dried out. And then God said to Noah, go out from the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing that is with you of all flesh, birds and animals and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, that they may swarm on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. And so Noah went out, and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, every bird, everything that moves on the earth went out by families from the ark. And then Noah built an altar and took out some clean animals and some of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. This marks the turning point in this whole flood narrative. And when the Bible says that God remembers someone or his covenant with someone, it indicates that he is about to take action for that person's welfare. All life on land having been destroyed, God now proceeds to renew everything. And this echoes what we've seen in Genesis 1. God made a wind blow over the earth. The Hebrew word for wind also is sometimes translated spirit. And while the context normally enables the reader to distinguish the meaning wind from the meaning spirit, the present verse intentionally echoes Genesis 1-1. In verses 2-4 through of this chapter, we see this in verse 2. God puts into reverse the process started in Genesis seven eleven. The waters both rise and are abated during the period of 150 days. The mountains of Ararat indicate a range of mountains on which Mount Ararat in modern Turkey is the highest. Now, the text does not name the specific mountain on which the ark came to rest. In verses 5-14 f- through 14 of this chapter... The slow, gradual process by which the waters receded and the land dried out, according to verse 14, is captured by the detailed account of Noah's releasing a raven in verse 7, and then a dove in verses 8 through 12. As in Genesis 1, the dry land emerges from the waters. In in, uh, verses 15 through 17, what we see is God's instructions to Noah are reminiscent of Genesis 1, Especially the statement that Noah and his family are to be fruitful and multiply on the earth, as Genesis 1:28 says. In verses 20 through 22, we see Noah's first recorded act on emerging from the altar is to build an ark to the Lord in verse 20. And on it He presents whole burnt offerings using some of the clean animals and the birds. And while it is undoubtedly intended to express gratitude for divine deliverance, it's also an act of atonement. This is a normal aspect of burnt offerings, and it's even supported by the mentioning of pleasing aroma in verse 21. The Hebrew term for pleasing, it conveys the idea of rest and tranquility. It is related to the name Noah, and it probably is used here to remind the reader of Lamech's remarks in Genesis 5.29. And it also has the sense of soothing. The burnt offering soothes God's anger at human sins so that although human nature has not been changed by the blood, God's attitude towards it has changed. That's the point. Now, notice in verse 21, for the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth. This echoes Genesis 6, 5, where we see every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That is, in spite of the human propensity to sin, atonement through sacrifice is possibly securing a peaceful relationship between the Lord and humanity. I will never again curse the ground in verse 21. Well, the clear force of the Hebrew text here is such that God will never send another flood. Now, he's not revoking the curse mentioned in Genesis 3.17 to be clear, which continues to be in place. The words for curse are different here. The short comment about the effect of the sacrifice here underlines the importance of sacrifice in the Bible's plan of salvation. Now, it might be silly to ask this question, but we need to think very seriously about it. Did God forget about Noah? Noah. And like I said, it might seem like a silly question. How could God, who knows everything, possibly forget about Noah, one of just eight people alive during the flood? Well, the notion that some people might have about God forgetting about Noah, it comes from a misunderstanding of verse 1 of Genesis 8, which says, Then God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the animals that were with him in the ark. And since God remembered Noah, then he must have not forgotten about him. Well, not at all. Even in English, remember does not necessarily refer to bringing something to mind that had been forgotten. It can also apply to something that has been kept in mind, like a birthday card that states remembering you on your special day. The Hebrew word used here in Genesis 8, one, zakar, can have similar connotations, meanings that is. This verse isn't telling us that God forgot about Noah, his family, and the animals. Genesis 8-1 is teaching an important truth in the flood account. That is, God's attention was focused on Noah and on those with him on the ark. Now, Scripture frequently speaks of God remembering his people. God remembered Abraham in Genesis 19:29, God remembered Rachel in Genesis 30:22, God remembered Hannah in 1 Samuel 1:19. And before freeing the Israelites from their bondage in Egypt, the Lord remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. Exodus 2:24 tells us now, many Old Testament figures prayed that God would remember them, such as Samson in Judges sixteen twenty eight, David in Psalm twenty five, seven, and Hezekiah in Second Kings twenty verse three. And we can say this as we wrap up today. Great comfort can be drawn from the truths that we've considered today. The Lord focused his attention on Noah during the flood. Similarly, Jesus Christ promised his followers that he would always be with them in Matthew twenty-eight twenty, And in Hebrews thirteen five, he says that he will never leave you nor forsake his people. Well, I want to thank you for listening or watching today's episode of Reading the Bible with Dave. My name is Dave. Until tomorrow, may God bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Reading the Bible Daily with Dave podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to also like, subscribe, or follow Servants of Grace on Facebook, Instagram, X, or YouTube. We appreciate your support.